thank you for downloading this in-ear entertainment podcast. You're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. Sonnet 98. From you I have been absent in the spring, when proud pied April dressed in all his trim hath put spirit of youth in everything that heavy Saturn laughed and leaped with him. Yet, nor the lays of birds, nor the sweet smell of different flowers in odour and in hue could make me any summer's story tell, or from their proud lap pluck them while they grow. Nor did I wonder at the lilies white, nor praise the deep vermilion of the rose. They were but sweet, but figures of delight, drawn after you, you pattern of all those. Yet seemed it winter still, and... You away, as with your shadow, I with these did play. That was Sonnet 98 of Shakespeare's Sonnets. I'm Mark Chatterley, and I am joined by a decidedly evil-looking... Thierry Halas. There we go. Evil Thierry. He does look slightly like he's plotting to take over the world at the moment. I've just told him my plans for ruling the world, and I fear he may be stealing them. You're just not going to acknowledge that either way. That's that's worrying. Uh, Sonnet ninety eight. What do you what do you think of Sonnet ninety eight? It's very much continuing the theme that we had in uh, the previous one: the winter and separation from um, the fair youth. Yeah, but I he, agree with he that. He expands a bit on uh, on those images and and describes summer in in a bit more um, detail. I like I like the. Um... The idea that that, um, April dressed in all his trim have put spirit of youth in everything. It's a horrible rhyme. But um, that that heavy Saturn, Saturn who's, uh, I I think in in mythology, is quite an old aged god. Um, And I just like the idea that heavy Saturn laughed and leaped with him, which is something that wouldn't usually happen. I'm going to have to look up Saturn as as a... as a sort of mythological god now and make Which sure that was... that's right. I can never quite remember. Was a god He's... in ancient Roman religion. Uh, Saturn's well, a complex yeah. figure because of his multiple associations and long history. He's the first god of the capital, blah, 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 uh, and was seen as a god of generation, dissolution, plenty wealth, agriculture, periodical renewal, and liberation. Um, he also became the god of time. Yeah, it's, a, it's he's equivalent to the Greek god uh, Kronos. Yes, that's right. And I think he's usually depicted as being fairly old and wise, which would kind Kron- of fit Yeah, as, as someone for, who um, personifies time would be. So, so the idea of him leaping around. Um, there's a really weird picture on on on. <laughs> <laughs> on Wikipedia of Saturn cutting off Cupid's wings with a scythe um, which is really nice. bizarre <clears throat> um, so the idea of him laughing and leaping is it, that's how much uh, the, the the spring and how much joy is in the spring and yet it then comes oh but it's not really spring because the fair youth isn't here and I love the fair youth and why isn't he here and boo hoo hoo I'm poor Shakespeare that's pretty much wow. what this sonnet is. You but, can, but, you can but, disagree. But saying slightly, no, no, I agree. But saying slightly nicer words and, and more colourful imagery. I, 
yeah, I, I admit that maybe Shakespeare might be a tad more poetic than me, and there goes my camera again. <laughs> I have no Horrible. idea. Horrible. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry for disappointing you, Thierry. Please don't kill me. You're too far away to kill, but you're on my kill list. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I'm hoping I'm fairly low down on that list. Um... But yeah, so, so yeah, nor the lays of birds, nor the sweet smell of different flowers in older and in hue could make me any summer story tell. I, it's just, I quite like that. He's so depressed, even though it's summer, that he can't even tell a story. It's just kind of, oh, my life is so... It's a teenager. My life Essentially, is so yeah, yeah. Just, just not, not even the happiness of nature can cheer him up. No, and I... When it when it's, I suppose when he's levelled that kind of cheerfulness with being able to make this normally old cranky god very happy and joyful, and it can't even make him happy, or or even happy to the point where he could tell a story of a previous time where he's been happy, it's kind of he's trying to say he's at the bottom of the barrel, I guess. Essentially, yes. He's, he's, he's hit the ground and then he doesn't even want to get up. No, because his beloved fair youth isn't there. Which is, is, is really... Again, we've gone back to this really... Really dysfunctional relationship he's got. He can't have summer. He can't enjoy himself. He can't... His whole joy and life and love of life has disappeared. Because the fair youth's not there. Essentially, that, yes. That's not good. Yeah, but it, it. We've been saying this before. It just kind of goes back and forth between the oh, the fair youth is so wonderful, and oh god, the fair youth is so beautiful. But he's kind of a dick, and oh no, he's away. <laughs> that, that that seems to be all that ever happens in this relationship. Yes. Yeah, and I, I I keep trying to find a modern equivalent, and I, I I mean, if I was to go away for a week away from my other half, it's not nice. I like being with my other half, but there's also an element of oh, it's fun. I'm on my own. I get the whole bed to myself. I can do whatever I want. There's a, a freedom that comes with it. Yeah, starfish yeah. in the bed, and and none of that seems to happen. But I I suppose it's a slightly different reaction because in a sense he's been dumped by the fair youth so they, they this is maybe like the, the most written about on and off again relationship yeah but it's never really on <laughs> it's, it's just an off and, and occasionally he convinces himself that it could be on but, <laughs> yes. but it never really is yeah it, it is like that first crush you get as a Shakespeare on a real person as in and when I say real person I mean kind of someone who is within reach of you so i'm not talking about sort of crushes on celebrities but you get a crush on a friend of a friend and you you convince yourself they're the best person in the world and you you want to be around them as much as you can and when you're not around them it's all a bit sad and it's kind of like that taken to a whole other level yeah i'm not sure if This is more active, though. I don't know. You can have a crush on someone and just honestly feel that way. You 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 would just be miserable when they're not there. Or you just just 
really, really like being around them. But Shakespeare's kind of... He's pushed himself into this madness kind of thing. He's he's actively pursued that feeling of, of yeah. feeling sad when the fair youth isn't there, rather than it just happening because that's how he, he feels. Because surely by the point, by, by the time when um, the, the fair youth does all the other stuff, and then Shakespeare kind of goes, oh, he's still beautiful, but he, he has a shitty character. And most normal people would just kind of go, okay, that's it. Like, the crush is gone. Yeah. Whereas he's actively pursued it at that point and tried to yeah, explain yeah. away all of those things as faults of others. And even to the point of saying, because the fair youth has those faults, they are no longer faults. They are positives. Yeah, because the uh, fair youth could never be faulty or, or less anything less than perfect. Which is weird. I just... I, I It's such a bizarre relationship and I guess I, I was speaking to you I've mentioned this before on the, on the podcast and I was speaking to you the other day about it is that you, you get the impression and you're kind of told and going into this I had the impression this was going to be 154 sonnets that were all about love and I suppose in the widest sense of the word love they are but in any sort of real sense of the word love they're, they're not they're, there's very few of these sonnets that are about love they're all about it's an obsession yeah a dysfunctional power imbalance almost destructive well it is destructive relationship but it doesn't seem to be destructive to the fair youth so far no it's no. It's, it's very much Shakespeare the, the narrator the destroying himself which is which is good, I suppose, because it it would add a whole even scarier, creepier element if this became kind of you will love me rather than I love you. Why don't you love me? That there's a very aggressive stance in that in that first one that that isn't in this yet. I suppose I that's what that's what would happen if if this series were written today. You have um, novels like um, Ian McEwan's Enduring Love. Where that in that case it's it's it is actually homosexual um, stalker, okay. and and it just just it's kind of the same feeling that that Shakespeare's narrator produces here, and 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 it does affect the um, the other man because he's married and then he kind of loses it as well. Because we we tend to be more obvious nowadays in our storytelling. I mean, this is is. I, I suppose you could argue it's fairly subtle, although after ninety-eight sonnets, it's not so subtle anymore. But it's it started out fairly subtle. Yeah, but I'm not sure if there was the obsession at the beginning. Well, if we went back now, we could probably see signs of the early obsession. Yeah, but but at the time, it just it 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 wasn't obvious. As I suppose, an obsession wouldn't be in the early stages. It would just look like. Over friendliness. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe overstepping a few boundaries, but not nothing really bad. And it's just the... not, nothing where you would call the police and go, "Please, can I have a restraining order?" Which is which is where it, it differs from modern storytelling, where that happens quite a lot. I guess I, I, I guess what I'm arguing is that a lot of modern storytelling loses that subtlety and that build up. 
because audiences expect to know uh, what characters are and and I argue for it in some cases I'm I'm actually quite a huge proponent of use of stereotypes in TV shows and radio shows in the sense that they should be the base upon which a character is formed so when you when you are starting a new TV show it's so difficult with with five main characters or three main characters or four main characters how many you've got to make them all fully developed people within the tw- first 25 minute episode or first hour episode the only way you can do that is by stereotyping them and then making exceptions to that stereotype so they're given a framework that everyone immediately understands and then you can build upon that to change that character which which i suppose is changing though i mean if, i'm not sure if you've seen it kevin spacey did an interesting talk about um how house of cards was made because they had um they basically had the script for the first 20 episodes and and they just basically went we we're not going to create any stereotypes in this we want to build the characters from the ground up over the course of the first 10 episodes oh, and 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 no they they tried to pitch it to normal tv networks and no one would take and, it and they none of them would take it and then they went to netflix and netflix just basically went we know this is what our audience want because they have to take they they know exactly how many people paused at what second during what film kind of thing. Yeah, we we know this is what people want. They they binge watch TV. They just sit there and and gorge themselves on on fifty episodes and and don't sleep for forty eight hours kind of thing. Yeah, so this works in in and that then, very specific context though. But that that's gonna eventually that that's gonna sift through to um to old media. Yes, if if that's hopefully, what people, I mean, yeah. there's stuff like even um, and it, uh, and it can lead to Sopranos that kind of redefine television by by not having the stereotypical bad person from the beginning. Yes, and and it can lead to your view of characters changing. There's a, a character in the newsroom. Is it is it Dom who in the first season I absolutely hated and and couldn't yeah. stand him, and yet in this the second season that's that's airing at the moment he's able that character has been worked on and not changed but you've started to see other aspects of his personality so the character is still consistent but now i quite like them and and you see that they they just have a different way of expressing emotions and it's it's very powerful but but all too much in modern storytelling it's it's clichés and and stereotypes and this person is a stalker and they love you and you are having an affair with this person and they are a uh, footballer and this person goes to the pub and it's just all of these set stereotypes to to make a story yeah um, there's, there's no depth to any of it they just yeah take the top boy and then just go in the stereotypes and just go with it yeah jock does this nerd does this cheerleader does this Oh, let's be controversial. Let's have a male cheerleader. Uh, ah. Yeah, it's, it, it's interesting. I suppose that's bringing it back to the sonnets. Is that's why I've liked this? Is that the characters have been developed over these ninety-eight sonnets to the point where I feel for the for the Shakespeare's character in this. I really do. I don't want him to make excuses for the fair youth anymore i want him to realize that the fair youth that that he's damaging himself and it's not the fair youth's fault this is all him yeah the fair youth has, hasn't done anything to um 
provoking. Well, not not actively promoted any of it. He's just kind of living his life, and and Shakespeare's been reading into everything. Yeah, which is really sad. Oh, Sonnet ninety eight. Would you like to read Sonnet ninety eight out? I can try. They're good sonnets. <laughs> These are good. I, they're they are they're, they're good sparking a lot of conversation, which is what we like about sonnets. Sonnet 98. From you have I been absent in the spring, when proud Pied April, dressed in all his trim, hath put the spirit of youth in everything that heavy Saturn laughed and leapt with him. Yet nor the lays of birds, nor the sweet smell of different flowers in odour and in hue could make me any summer story tell, or from their proud lap pluck that was going so well. It was, it was, it was sounding lovely. Or from their proud lap pluck them where they grew. Nor did I wonder at the lilies white, nor praise the deep vermilion in the rose. They were but sweet, but figures of delight, drawn after you, you pattern of all those. Yet seemed it winter still, and you away, as with your shadow, I with these did play. That was brilliant. That was Sonnet 98 of Shakespeare Sonnets. I've been Mark Chasley, and you can follow me on Twitter at inearent. And I've been Jerry Healers, and you can follow me on Twitter at Sound of Seagulls. And and we are, are are planning something very special for the Sonnet 100. We were talking about doing it in person and doing a video recording, and the two times we tried to do that, um, we we never actually did it, um, and got drunk and just had fun instead. Not that this wouldn't be fun, but but we ended up like in a park and 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 eating picnics and stuff, which was very nice. Um, so we're thinking of doing a live Google Hangout for Sonic 100 and by the time you hear this there'll be invites everywhere but find us on Facebook or on Google Plus or on Twitter and we'll tell you all about it and you can come and watch us live and you can see what we look like which will Dear be God, I, 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 I might black out my screen <laughs> put, put, put smear some Vaseline on it so it's all in soft focus and it'll be lovely <laughs> so we shall see you next time for Sonic 98 99 99 Bugger, yep. 99. Yep, that was 98 just now. Yes, 99 we'll see you for. We know what we're doing. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Bye. Professionals. <laughs> Bye. You've been listening to Shakespeare Sonnets with Mark Chatterley and Thierry Hellis. This has been an in-ear entertainment podcast. To listen to other podcasts or find out more about in-ear entertainment, go to www.inearentertainment.com